I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast, all about resilience and navigating circumstances and things that you don't see coming and how you can set yourself up so that you are able to continue to move through things in a way that benefits you in the long run. So I have Andrew here who's going to tell us about his circumstances, some resilience things, and also um, some pretty interesting tips and strategies about making sure that you are focusing on resilience when you need to. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Don. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. And I always want to thank the listener. It's a pleasure to be able to spend some time with you as well. Can you tell everyone who you are and who you serve? Absolutely. My name is Andrew L. Anderson. And I serve my brothers and sisters who I believe to be God's children who are struggling to overcome something that they feel like they are banging their head against the wall on that they haven't been able to figure out with counselors, therapists, coaches, or their pastors. And uh, usually they're also building a business at the same time and they feel like they're just stuck. Right. That was something when we were talking about, you know, this episode and designing things is this idea of being super stuck. Yeah. Uh, and resilience. But can you give us a little bit of background, kind of where you learned this and, and how you found this to be so important? Sure. Well, let's start 10 years ago from the time of our recording. So uh, right now it's September of 2023, but 10 years ago in September, I was just moving back to my hometown of Boise, Idaho. My wife and I had just welcomed our third little girl into this world. I had finished my master's degree in education and I was at the top of my game. I'd been teaching high school students for six years and I was just feeling super blessed. And all of that came crashing down in the month of September, 2013, when my wife told me that she wanted to separate. I found myself living in my parents' basement, believing that I had failed God. I had failed her. I had failed my little girls and the circumstances of our separation also made it so that I was no longer teaching in the classroom. And so everything, everything that I had been building just came crashing down and I didn't see any way out of it. You got to super stuck. <laughs> I got to super stuck. Yes. Wow. So yeah. from there though, you kind of pivoted um, and you've been doing coaching now for about nine years. Yeah. So what happened in that, uh, in that year was I was introduced to real estate and real estate, uh, like a lot of commission-based, you know, solo entrepreneur you know, businesses is dependent upon the degree, which you can grow yourself. And so I learned about personal growth and development and I got a coach and I started going to uh, different conferences and workshops and reading and listening to whatever I possibly could. And I began to take ownership of where I was at in my life and realize that I could create something different. And once I figured that out, it became natural for me not to teach 
teenagers and in the classroom anymore, but to begin to coach uh, other real estate agents. And so I started coaching brand new real estate agents after doing it for a year. And I've been coaching full-time ever since helping people overcome what's going on inside so they can change what's happening on the outside. So interestingly, you said you started taking ownership of all Mm -hmm. the things, but you know, it would be very natural for you to say, well, it wasn't, you know, my fault or I didn't see this coming, um, which I believe really gets to the heart of resilience is you first have to stop and kind of see your role in things. Absolutely. You have to. And I think there's two sides of this coin when it comes to responsibility. Some people take zero responsibility and they are victims. And then I actually, on the other hand, I took too much responsibility. I believed it was 100% my fault. And what I was able to do was to let go of the blame and shame game that I was playing and realize that it was 100% me and 100% her. And that separation, by the way, turned into a divorce. And um, I, I just no longer was going to allow myself to believe that I was responsible for everything bad, right? Quote, unquote, that had ever happened to me. So how many times do you work with business owners and stuff who will look at circumstances and kind of take 100% of the blame causing them to be super stuck? You know, it's more often than you would think because I believe we're all bred with that DNA of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people pretend like they don't carry the shame that comes with, you know, just thinking that you are the reason for all of the things that are happening in your life. And as soon as I can help someone free themselves from that false belief, then they can begin to actually create something new. So you're also an NLP practitioner. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and how that can be helpful? Sure. So as a master practitioner of NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, neuro is your brain. Linguistics is how we make meaning of the world. So how does the way that we make meaning of the world and ourselves within it program the way that we think? And if that's how we think, then it's also how we act. So what I get to do with clients is we get to identify the unconscious beliefs that we have been holding on to throughout our lives and how those beliefs create emotions like anger and sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt that don't serve us. Because when we're feeling those emotions, we don't take actions that are uplifting and beautiful and creative in nature. We usually take actions that don't serve us or others. So what is kind of the long-term effect, I guess, of doing this resilience work? So besides living a happier life or feeling more fulfilled, I mean, it it really seems like it goes a lot deeper than that as far as um, being able to live, you know, intentionally. What other things um, should we be thinking about? Because I know there's got to be one or two people out here who might be feeling super stuck right now and they're listening and they're going, yeah, I've been trying a positive think. Yeah. You know, you work with people who have tried everything. So, you know, what is the benefit of doing this? Well, let's use an analogy of a garden. Everybody can appreciate a garden or something growing in their yard to some extent. 
if you have a weed problem and you take a lawnmower or a weed whacker and you just cut it all down all the way to the ground, what's going to happen, Don? It grows back. It grows back. I believe that a lot of coaching today, a lot of personal growth and development, a lot of self-help, a lot of positive thinking is just trying to do the, the bare minimum and just get rid of, right. Whatever we can see on the surface that isn't, you know, serving us. Um, what we do is we identify where did this weed come from? What's the root system? And if we can identify where it starts and get underneath it, then we can take it out once and for all. And this doesn't require years and years of counseling and therapy. We can actually do it in one deep session where we spend about four to five hours together. And then we don't have to come back anymore because we uprooted it. Right. And this goes back, you know, also you had mentioned when we were designing the episode about this idea of a core wound, which sounds to me like that is probably identified as that root. Exactly. Something happened and you unconsciously made a decision. I love telling the story of my five-year-old son, Jacob. When Jacob was two years old, I was watching the kids, which meant they were playing and I was probably doing something else, but, you know, with one ear listening. And I heard a loud crash and a bang and all kinds of commotion. And I ran to the top of the stairs and I looked down and there was Jacob with his little plastic truck that had somehow rammed into the Merry Christmas wooden sign that was leaned up against the piano and the sign and Father Christmas and everything came crashing down onto the piano and then onto the hardwood floor. And as I looked at what was happening, before I could take it all in, I I had yelled his name because I I was concerned and and I yelled, I said, Jacob. And I looked down at him from the top of the banister and he looked up at me with those two-year-old eyes and he said, don't talk to me. Mm. <laughs> and I said, I didn't laugh. I said, are you okay? And then he runs to the far corner of the room. He puts his head in his elbow and he's turned away from me. And he says, don't look at me because if he can't see me, then I can't see him and he's invisible. In this moment, when I yelled his name, he didn't hear, oh, Dad loves me. He's concerned about my safety and welfare. He is here to help protect me. What he unconsciously decided in his mind was that he was in trouble, not only because he had done something wrong, but that he was wrong. He was trouble. He was bad. And he ran from a place of shame and guilt, not wanting to be seen by his father. That is something that he will never remember. And I always will, because it was the day that I watched his perfect little toddler innocence disappear. And he experienced that root cause feeling of guilt and shame. How pervasive is this, you know, among high achievers and among people who kind of push past, push through, um, keep going, and maybe they don't acknowledge until things all crash down? It's very pervasive because not only will they mow everything down, but then they will try to plant something on top of those weeds. 
because they think, well, if I can just make enough money, build a big enough business, if I can just have kids that are successful enough in sports and school, if I can just do everything on the outside, then it will make what's going on below the surface that much better. And so now you have this problem because now you're what you're building is fighting against what has been deeply rooted below the surface. And it creates a lot of chaos inside that people hide from everyone on the outside. This sounds like there's a little bit of what I like to call destination thinking, right? Where it's like, when we get Mm -hmm. to the next thing, everything will be fine. And then when we get to the next thing, everything will be fine. Whether it's the next, you know, 100,000 or, you know, the newer car or whatever, that you're so focused on, you know, being okay, I guess, in the chaos until you get to that milestone um, that all you can see is the next destination rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. the journey itself. Um, let's talk about what you were just talking about um, in terms of resilience, because it almost feels like, you know, you're trying all these things and you're like planting roses over weeds. Is that a way of distracting yourself? Is that a way of hiding from it or maybe ignoring it? I mean, is this what we're doing? Well, I think most of the time it's done without us knowing. It's an unconscious Thing. We, we, we either believe we've taken care of it or we don't know how. And so we're just doing our best from a place of survival. We're just trying to do what we can to make a, as good of a life as we possibly can. And I don't think most people understand exactly what they have been unconsciously suppressing for the majority of their lives. I don't think they do it on purpose. Right. So we're just kind of going through what we know to do, um, as you were saying, kind of in that survival mode. So isn't that in some ways, though, resilience to be able to push through? Or, you know, is this something we tell ourselves as we're pushing through? Well, I think it's a little bit of, of both. I would love to use the example of a tree right now. I, my book that is called Strength of the Oak strength of the willow. And the subtitle is how to find courage and compassion in a turbulent world. Um, Trees are incredible. And when you look at an oak tree, an oak tree doesn't move. It's one of the hardest woods. It just has a longevity, unlike most trees, they can live for thousands of years. And it has this strength that we just love and we revere and we see it as a bold you know, powerful uh, resilience. And that's not all that resilience looks like. There's also the strength of the willow. And a willow is strong in that when the storm comes, it does move. It does bend without breaking. It allows the wind to rip through its branches. And when a branch does fall, it actually plants itself immediately in the ground and it will start to create a new tree. And so when we talk about this strength and this resilience, whether we are, you know, the oak or the willow, whether we're that strong and courageous or we're the more soft and compassionate, those both, both of those strengths are necessary and we have them in us. And whether we know we're doing it or not, it's a part of your genetic makeup. And so, yes, Don, we are building strength and resilience 
when this turbulence is going on, whether we know it or not. Absolutely. Wow. So, I mean, fascinating, like analogies. And it just, it makes me wonder, how would I know if I was somehow stuck or somehow unconsciously not reaching, reaching my full potential? If I could, you know, look inside and go, well, I'm doing it. I'm pushing through, I'm doing these things and maybe not realizing that I'm not doing them um, to, I guess, my best interest. Well, I, I think the question is very simple. <laughs> when I sit down with a client, one of the first things that I do is I just, I look at their wheel of life, I call it. And there's six different areas. There's career, relationship, right? Or significant other, marriage, whatever the person's in. So career, relationship, family, their physical fitness and nutrition, their personal growth and development, and then their spirituality. So we look at these six areas and I just ask them on a scale of one to 10, how fulfilled are you in each of these areas? And if you have one of those areas that is less than an eight, nine, or 10, if it's a seven or below, then you're not getting the results that you want and you're pretending and you're not living from a place of passion. You're probably forcing more things than you're allowing to flow. And if we're forcing rather than in a state of flow, then we won't ever be fulfilled. So if someone's in that state and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm less than a seven, then we need to do some deep release work. Right. This is really interesting. It kind of goes against some of the conventional wisdom that there's going to be moments where this happens or you're in circumstances and your ability to power through is strength or the ability to power through is personal growth. But really, you know, what I'm hearing is that that may be true or your ability to power through in this instance, maybe pretending if we're pretending, does this mean we wouldn't get maybe the outcome or result we're trying to? Right, because often what we're doing is resisting. Mm. And when we're resisting something, we're playing not to lose. We're playing defense. And I've heard it said before, what we resist persists. So what's the flip side of that? Well, if what we resist persists, then what we lean into, we learn from. And so while a lot of people are trying to medicate, like through pharmaceuticals, their mental illnesses and their negative emotions, or they're trying to, you know, eat them away or shop them away or sex them away or whatever it is. What I do with my clients, they say, hey, these negative emotions that you're experiencing right now we're going to lean into and we're going to learn where they're coming from. Because once we can identify where they've come from, then we can change the thoughts and beliefs that created them in the first place. And once we change those thoughts and beliefs, then our unconscious mind is no longer going to be secreting the hormones and chemicals that are making us feel all these negative feelings. And once we no longer feel all those negative feelings, then we can now take action from a place of flow and fulfillment, from a place of joy and passion and gratitude rather than playing not to lose we can now play to win we can play offense playing not to lose playing to win that's very powerful because i know that there are times where it does feel like you're on the defense yeah um you know with things that just kind of happen but you're saying that even in circumstances you can play to win absolutely 
Absolutely. You can and you must. Because I've never seen any athletic or anything in that realm where they won the game 100% with defense. Eventually, you have to score. Eventually, you have to create something. Eventually, you have to live into a life mission, which is built upon serving and loving other people, doing for others what they either cannot or will not do for themselves. And we all have that ability. It's why we have families. It's why we live in neighborhoods. It's why we create businesses. It's why we share our love of the arts, because we want to give something that is meaningful to us that will bring joy and help to others. This is so powerful. So where can people find out more about you and you know where you live, your book? But also, I want to let the listeners know that you have generously offered three consulting sessions to three people who reach out to you. Um, so please, you know, give us the best place for people to reach out and take advantage of this. Right. So if you're in a place where you have seriously been doing everything that you can and you're looking for a little bit more, then I would love to spend 30 minutes with you. And I can only offer this to the first three people. I do about one or two podcasts a week. So I would love to offer more. But if you have felt something and you're ready to take action and make a serious change that's unlike anything you ever made before, then freecall.andrewlanderson.com. That's freecall.andrewlanderson, spelled O-N. You'll find the link in the, the notes in this podcast. But I will spend 30 minutes with you. And for everyone else, if you're like, uh, I'm not ready because that sounds scary or I don't know. Uh, um, you can find uh, my book on Amazon. It's called Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. And it would be a pleasure to to have you dive in and spend some time with me there. Wonderful. So yes, we will put the links down inside the show notes, including the link to the book. We'll We'll put the Amazon link there. So we make it very simple for you to be able to grab your copy. And Andrew, I really want to thank you. Uh, my biggest takeaway, I'm sitting here kind of gobsmacked that, you know, you can't win um, only with defense, right? I, I don't know that I've really thought of it that way before, uh, that you have to sometimes take offense. Otherwise, you just can't get enough points on the board. Absolutely. So if there was one thing that people could do right now, it and like literally like pause the recording after I say this and just put the phone or your device or whatever, just put it down. If there was one thing that you could do immediately to drastically change the direction of where your life is headed, it would be to go out and play offense by serving someone. Go do something for someone right now. And you're now playing to win. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. What an incredible conversation and um, really some really just new perspectives on resilience and what we need to really be focusing on to make sure that we are living, um, I guess, with purpose and of course, being an offense. So thank you so much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Don. And thank you to the listener for investing this time in yourself. You deserve it. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to y'all next time on the next episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. If you want some more information about me or free resources, please visit my updated website, 
donkkennedy.com. Follow me on social at donkkennedyxo on Instagram and on Facebook at donkkennedymentor. I'll see you next time.